As every mainstream news outlet proclaims Biden is the president-elect, most of the battleground states have not yet certified their vote counts or their recounts or finalized their court cases. We are in a strange democracy indeed. Welcome to Church Public. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to Church Public. There is a lot going on in the news, in the media, in the election. I would like to start with, it isn't over. Man, such a weird week. Every mainstream news outlet is calling the election for Biden. Biden is processing as he is the president-elect. And yet, as I look into it, it appears that most of the states, battleground states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, uh, maybe even Wisconsin are unclear uh, and have not finished. Recounts, voter irregularities are are happening. There are dead people voting. Um, and this happens in every election. So that's not abnormal. I think most elections have been so close. I'm sorry, I'll say it the other way. Most elections have not been this close, and so it's easy to call, except for the possibility, of course, of um, Bush and Gore in 2000. Most elections are decided on election day because you know clearly the results, even though the states still, in those examples and other examples, hadn't fully finished their tallying or certification. But in this case, there are so many battleground states, like I mentioned that haven't finished, it just seems weird that everyone is so ready to jump to the end of it. And again, somebody's going to win. I, I think, I hope someone is going to win and we'll know that at some point. It just doesn't seem like we know it yet. It doesn't seem like according to the vote certification, according to all of these weird irregularities that the solution uh, the winner is clear. It just it doesn't seem that way. So it seems to me unwise to declare the outcome either way. I'm not saying Trump won. I'm not saying Biden won. I don't know who won. I have a lot of friends every day, a lot of friends coming to me and asking, like, who do you think won? And I can't give an answer. I don't know because I'm not in any of these states' legislation or, or officials, and they have to figure it out. They have to do whatever recount they do. They have to figure out whatever court cases they have, and there are quite a few, again, irregularities. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying there's any fraud. I can't say that there's any fraud. I don't know. There are irregularities. I talked about a couple. There are there were dead people voting in some of these counties and some of these states. That's clear. There, There's evidence of that. There were some a lot of actually computer glitches in several states where certain votes were cast or uncast or recast. There was some just weird computer things happening. There were votes appearing out of nowhere, and it's unclear where those votes came from. There were people voting in more than one state, which, by the way, you aren't allowed to do. You can't vote in more than one state. You get one vote. That's how this works. So I think we're just going to have to wait, and and they have time. The reality is uh, these states all have different deadlines. Uh, some are uh, kind of near the end of November. A couple are at the beginning of December, and we're just going to have to wait and see when these states certify their findings and when the court cases are finished and, and what actually happens. And uh, if it goes to Biden, you know, that happens. If it goes to Trump, that happens. And we'll have to deal with the ramifications of whatever the result is. It just is weird and, again, unwise to me to go this way. I, I have this motto that I like to live by personally. I really like to under promise and over deliver. 
In other words, if I tell you I'm going to deliver you something on Thursday and I deliver it Wednesday, you're really happy about that because I have under-promised, I said it was going to be Thursday, and over-delivered. I gave it to you a day early. On the other side, if I over-promise and under-deliver, if I do the opposite, if I don't meet your expectations, I say I'm going to deliver it on Thursday, and I deliver it on Saturday, you're going to be frustrated with me because I said it was going to be there, and then I'm days late. That is how you avoid frustration. You just give a deadline that makes sense, and if you can beat that deadline, everybody's happy. You're happy. You did it. They're happy. You did it early. I mean, this is a great plan and a great way to live your life in general. That's your free life tip of the day. And in this situation, you have all these outlets calling it in one direction before the results are finalized. This is this is a big overpromise. And if they don't deliver on this, if again, I don't know the outcome, but I'm just saying, can you imagine the outrage, the frustration that's going to happen if by some measure the votes go the other way and Pennsylvania flips to Trump and and Nevada flips to Trump and Arizona or Georgia flips to Trump and then all of a sudden he's the winner? Like again, I'm not saying this can happen. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm just saying it seems a bit early and I would say unwise to jump in and make these calls before it is all finalized and the reality is, like, why why are we in such a rush to do this? And and it seems like the Democrats, the Democrat media, which clearly now, uh, if you haven't seen it, the media is so far Democratic and so far pushing to to give Biden and the Democrats whatever they want. Um, they're they're very anxious. They're anxious for this win. And and we have talked about this before. It, it's not a political issue primarily this this really is a moral issue and that, and that's why I talk about it I, I don't I don't even want to enter into this conversation really and people kept asking me to to give my thoughts on on this election and, and I was honestly trying to avoid it but here are some of the thoughts that I have and and this is a moral issue I don't think it's a political issue anymore they believe and I talked about this on a couple episodes ago they truly believe that Donald Trump is the literal devil and he is evil and he must be eliminated from office by any means necessary and again I'm not alleging voter fraud I have no evidence of this there is certainly evidence of voter irregularity as I mentioned dead people voting people voting in more than one state um, th- these things are are they have happened there there is documentation of these things and a bunch of other things in in Pennsylvania in Georgia and we don't know anything for certain but irregularity should for all sides for anyone who wants this to be fair not just for this election for every election from here to come we want things to be fair we want things to go well and and to be counted out and not uh not in again I'll just use the word irregularity not in weird terms we we should everyone should want the results to be true but again as we've talked about before we live in this place where truth is definitely relative and the truth is what i want it to be so if you believe that donald trump really is the devil and he really is evil or or literally hitler as as, as many people have said the question comes to and, and this is just a this is a rhetorical question that you can think about if you actually believe donald trump was these things would you find a way? Would you fix the election in such a way so that 
uh, there was no way he could win. I mean, if he really is the devil, if he really is Hitler, if he really is actually evil and removing him from office will solve America and maybe the world's problems, wouldn't you find a way to do that? I'm just going to leave the question at that and you can think about that. But it, it, it's, again, I don't think this is a political issue by and large. This is a moral issue. The, the, the left, the Democratic side, is not fighting a political battle. They're fighting an ideological battle, a spiritual battle, a moral battle. This, it, we're not talking about policies. This whole election, even this past four years, we haven't really talked about policies. It's not about taxes. It's not about policies, uh, though you know they, they've said a couple things here and there. It's about moral ideology. Trump talked about his policies. He talked about his taxes. You see evidence of his policies. Biden would not talk about any of his policies. He waffled back and forth in the debates. Go back and watch them again. Look at how he avoided questions on actual policies. And then he literally hid in his basement for days and days. Uh, this This new term, this calling a lid. He called a lid more days than not before the election and wouldn't do any media interviews, wouldn't talk to anybody. Why? I, no one really knows, but one reason for sure is he didn't want to talk about his policies. He didn't want to talk about things. He didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to get into questions that actually had substance or, or policy to them. And I would say on the one side, people want to have this conversation about these things. They want to have a conversation with, about policies. They want a way to fix broken things. I could say, I want that. I want to have a conversation. I want to fix broken things. I want to see what's broken. Let's have a conversation, get a bunch of different ideologies, a bunch of different perspectives in the room and come up with the best possible solution in policy. How can we fix this? I want to help right the wrongs. I want to help solve the injustices one at a time and, and figure out how to do these things. It seems like more and more on the other side of this, People do not want to have a conversation. I've given you personal anecdotes in the past where I've had where I've had moral or ideological or biblical or other uh, other possibilities and, and these arguments with people and and they don't want to talk about it. They just want to call me names. And that's what you hear. You hear people calling Trump names, not saying, hey, if you changed the tax plan in this way, or if you changed the healthcare plan in this way, we can do it. You do hear some of those sweeping generalizations, but when you delve down into it and really get to the bottom of it, you realize it's not about policy. It's about having your way. And that's a different way to fight. It's not about a conversation. It's about a, a, a battle of ideology, a battle of morality. They And we, on the one side, want to have this conversation and, and, and find a solution. The other side, I don't think people want to have a conversation. And you see this in evidence over the past several months. They want to fight. They want to riot. They want to burn down cities. And now they want to get rid of you, imprison you for not agreeing. This may sound extreme, but take people's words to heart. And members of the left are openly saying this now. Not just random people, you know, just random Twitter lefty people. No, members of the left, like formal presidential candidate Evan McMullen and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they have advocated right now, they're advocating making a list of people who worked for and supported Trump. Uh, the quote was, every administration staffer, campaign staffer, lawyer, etc., everyone, um, they want a list of people who supported Trump and worked for Trump. 
Will you be on that list if you voted for them? How hard would it be to get a list of the voter registration, the voter rolls, uh, say Republican voter registrations? Like, what does this mean? Why do you need a list of people who voted for him? And, and, and it's in such contrast, stark contrast to the messaging that we're hearing directly from Biden that wants unity and peace and to, to, to patch over the division that has been going on. That sounds really good, but when you have members of, of the administration, members of the Democrat Party, of the left that are openly saying, let's make a list. And you can go online. There is a list online. Um, and... Uh, this is this is a place where they clearly are not interested in having a conversation. They want to block every person who ever worked for the Trump campaign from ever getting a job again, right? Your name is going to be on some kind of list. You won't work in politics again. And then does it expand? Does it go down to you and me, the average person, the average voter? We've seen all kinds of cancel culture over the past few months, even over the past few years. And it's not just on conservative side. There are our leftist members of this uh, that that have been canceled. Again, Brett Weinstein in Washington is one of the biggest examples uh, of this. You can you can search him and, and look at his story and, and see what happened to him. But he's not a conservative. He's definitely not a Christian. And he was completely canceled just for saying or doing one wrong thing. And it, it, so, again, it's not going to matter if if you support or don't support. If you make one wrong move, you're going to get on this list. So we're not talking about policies. We're talking about a group of people who think Trump is evil. And really, that's not the end of it. Uh, again, the media, the, the, the Democratic pundits, and, and some politicians are pointing to Trump as the root of all evil in this country. But I, I think that's backwards. I, I think that's not really what's going on. I think we hear that Trump is evil, the devil, Hitler, etc., whatever name that you want to throw in there. I think it, he really, they, they don't hate us because they hate Trump. They hate Trump because they hate us. It's backwards. In, in other words, they think you are evil. Again, they really do. And, and I'm not making light of it. I'm trying not to be hyperbolic. I don't want to be that way. Uh, people think that the left and the media, the Academy, Hollywood, Democrats, they hate you because they hate Trump and you voted for him. And so you're bad. But that's exactly backwards. They hate Trump because they hate you. You stand for values. You stand for truth. You stand for family. You stand for Jesus. You stand for the Bible. You stand for God. And they hate God. And so they hate you. Trump has for four years stood in the way of this liberal, socialist, Marxist policy that would destroy families, destroy values, destroy morality. Trump has for four years stood in the way of them silencing you. He stood in the way of them removing you from the very internet, from social media, or having any voice at all. He stood in the way of removing your guns. He stood in the way of removing your freedom to worship. He is not by any means a savior. I don't want to indicate that. He's not a priest. He has many, many flaws. He's not a great person, but he does believe in America. He believes in the ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it's these ideals that come straight from God's providence of freedom for you and for his people. This freedom is really important. This is the foundation of who we are in Christ. We are free because of what Christ has done for us. And America, through the founders, established these ideals so that we could help everyone 
attain this freedom and everyone attain this level playing field from which they could, through responsibility and hard work, make a life for themselves. It's trying to get government only to protect the things that they need to protect and get them out of the way for everything else so that we can live a free life. This new ideology, which is neo-Marxist, it is a socialist worldview, they do not believe you should be free. This ideology believes the powerful few know what is best for you and they will make the best world for you. They want the government, they want the leaders to tell you what to do and tell you how to do it because they are your saviors. They are the ones who know what's best, not God. It is an opposite worldview, and, and it's, it's very slick. It's very cunning. It sounds amazing to give everybody the same thing, to give everybody an equal outcome, to give everybody an equal pay at the end, to give everybody the resources they need. It sounds amazing, and we all want that because we have this part of us that we want heaven. We want to be in heaven, and we want that because we're not of this world. But the reality is, in this world, we can't achieve that. We, we just can't. This world is broken, and it's controlled by the devil and his lies and his brokenness, and that's why there's evil in the world. And um, we have to fight against this idea that through some uh, celebrity or through some politician, this world can be a better place. Instead... Again, the founders, who also had flaws, tried to create this system with enough checks and balances to keep the government out of the pursuit of freedom for the individual, for the family, for the community. And that's a really amazing system. So again, Trump is far from a perfect man. In fact, none of us are perfect. But the one thing that Trump clearly understands is that freedom is important and he has fought for freedom and, and he fought for you and your rights. And you may or may not agree with that. You may or may not agree with me. That's fine. But you have to realize that people, uh, the economy was better than it almost ever was. The economy even now is rebounding through this lockdown and through this pandemic even more than it has in a long time because he cares about your opportunity to grow your self, your individual, your business, your family, and not let the government come in and tell you what the government thinks is good for you. Um, and so they hate Trump, but really they hate you. And that oh God, I hate even to say, I don't like saying that. I don't like using that language, but it's, it's a reality. And it's not just me talking. Listen to this. Jesus himself said, John 15, 18, if the world hates you, it's because they hated me first. If you were of the world, the world would love you. This is Jesus talking. Instead, the world hates you because you are not of this world. This is nothing new. This has been going on for centuries, for millennia. The world will hate you if you stand up for truth, for values, for the Bible, for God, for Jesus. The world is going to hate you. And that's just the way it is. Even back in Proverbs, before Jesus, Proverbs uh, 29, 27, the second half of it says a, a person whose way is righteous and upright is detestable to the world. If you do the right things, if you make right choices, if you live by a moral code that is based on biblical values, you are detestable to the world. The world is going to hate you. Jesus said, t Matthew 10, 22, you will be hated by everyone on account of my, that's Jesus name, but the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. John uh, in 1 John 3, 13 says, don't be surprised if the world hates you. 
This is the way the world is going to look at you. It just is. And because Trump is standing up for values, he's standing up for freedom, he's standing up for the way the Constitution was written to protect you and to protect your rights and values, they hate him too. But make no mistake, it's not about Trump, and it really never has been about Trump. And regardless of the outcome of the election, something is going to happen, but nothing changes for you as a follower of Jesus. Nothing changes. You still have to choose what, what you're going to do, who you're going to serve. Back in Joshua, Joshua, who succeeded Moses, um, he came after Moses and led the people into the promised land. And he gives this conversation uh, to the people of God. And he says, listen, you're going to have to make a choice. And, and some of you may have heard this, some of you may have this uh, on your wall, but he says, but for me and my house today, I am choosing to serve the Lord. You have to make that choice. He had to make that choice thousands of years ago. We have to make that choice today. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to go along with this world? As Proverbs says, if you go along with the world, I'm sorry, as Jesus said in, in, in John 15, if you go along with the world, the world's going to love you and you're going to have a great life and it's going to be easy. But unfortunately, that's a really short-sighted view of your reality. You only live in this life for so many years, and then you have all eternity to live with God or not. And I, for one, want you to be with God. I want, I want everyone to have that opportunity to choose Jesus. But more and more here in America, it's not going to be easy to stand up, like Joshua said, and serve the Lord, to choose God. It, it's going to be more and more difficult, and we have to be ready for that. Again, whether or not Trump uh, wins the election, whether or not Biden wins the election, things are going to continue to change because culturally there is a huge divide in America and, in fact, in the world that is moving and swinging very quickly against God and against Christianity. And you, as a follower of God, as a believer, have to be ready to deal with that. What are you going to do? Are you going to choose to serve God? Are you going to choose to stand for God? Or are you going to uh, sit down and wait this out and see what happens? I suggest you pray about this and that you seek after God and he will give you the strength that you need. You don't have to do it on your own. You have to trust in him and trust that he has prepared you for this moment. You are not in this place by accident. You are not in this time by accident. You are not in this moment by accident. You are here because God has a plan for you and wants to use you in his kingdom to help change this world. When we seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, everything else will be taken care of. When we love God with all of our heart and soul and mind or strength, and when we love others as Christ has loved us and given his life up for us, then we see true change happen in this world. I'll leave you with this, John sixteen thirty three, the words of Jesus. In the face of all that's going on, Jesus says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Don't fear, be courageous. God is still in control. God is still in charge. And Jesus wants to give you a life, not just to survive, but to thrive. As always, God bless and do keep the faith. Thanks for joining us at Church Public. I'm so glad you are listening. I hope that you like and subscribe at iTunes. You can check us out on social media at Church Public, on Twitter, Instagram, etc. God bless and keep the faith.